Welcome to Central Baptist Church Buna's weekly sermon podcast. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at cbcbuna.com. Amen. If you have a copy of God's Word, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 2 for a moment, and then we're going to head somewhere else. Miss Robin, I don't have these uh, verses in the, the thing. That's okay, though. Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to start. I, I want to, on Christmas Eve, it just feels appropriate to read through uh, the narrative here in Luke 2, the story of the arrival of Christ. And then I want us to take a few minutes to think about uh, why this happened. What, what is this really all about as we continue in this season? So uh, Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to start in verse 1 of Luke's gospel. And here's what the text says. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. If you would now turn with me to John chapter 3, one verse of scripture, and if you don't have a Bible, I do have this one on the screen. Perhaps the most recognizable verse in all of the Christian faith, even if you don't have a church background, you have likely heard this verse before. John chapter 3, one verse, verse 16. Here's what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Will you pray with me? Lord, we just ask that you'd have your way in this place. God, as we come on Christmas Eve, a holiday, so many family things even going on, and even thankful for so many families who've made this a part of their family celebration today. Lord, we are thankful to be here. We're thankful for these moments we have together. But Lord, I pray that as we just pause and reflect on what it is you're doing, what it is you've done, Lord, that we would be aware of the gravity of these moments. And Lord, that these next few moments could literally change our lives forever. So Lord, I pray for those who may not know you, that that they would have hearts ready to receive. Lord, I pray for those who do know you, that Lord, we would just be strengthened and encouraged and reminded of the power of who you are and what you came to do. So Lord, use this time for your honor and for your glory. It's in your name we pray, amen. Well, we've been talking all month about the wonder of the incarnation. That's what we have called this series, God with us, the wonder of the incarnation. And what we've said is that we have this massive, transcendent, beyond us God, a God who is way bigger than we could possibly think or imagine. If you think you get it, let me just tell you, you don't. God is that big. He's so far beyond us, beyond our comprehension. We can't really begin to even wrap our minds around who this God is. Yet the Bible tells us that not only is God way bigger than you think, but God is way closer than you think. 
And I want to think about the wonder of the incarnation, and we've said it in many ways, but again, I want to take it one more shot at it today to say that the wonder of the incarnation is this. Even though this big God is so far beyond us, he came near for this reason. What we just read here in John 3, 16. A glorious, incredible God. This moment that we celebrate, the reason Christmas is a big deal every year is not just family, it's not just our church. I'll never forget, I had a youth pastor one time come up and our, our youth pastor does a great job and he's rock solid theology, so I appreciate that. By the way, we are having church next Sunday, which is technically this year, so I want that for the record. Just, and actually, Bryce is bringing the word, so you got. I don't know if he's, he's a little skittish, so he's like... <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, so y'all need to come next Sunday, listen to Bryce bring the word. I know it's going to be good. Uh, still, technically, we'll be part of this year, so uh, we're excited about that. Uh, but, but this, uh, I remember our youth pastor at another church got up, and he said, on, it might have actually been our Christmas Eve service. Here's what that dude said, and I, I love him, but, but this was really weird. He was like, Lord, in his prayer, Lord, I pray that everyone would just really enjoy their families this Christmas season, because that's really what it's all about. I was on the front row and I'm like, like, yes, family is special. Some of you are like, we're here with my family. Take it easy. Yes, praise God. Family is special and important. And man, at Christmas time, we recognize that and we celebrate that. But the reason this matters is because without Christmas, salvation is not a thing. You couldn't know God without God choosing to become a man and walking around with us. So Christmas is a huge, epic deal. And the reason we say that is because at Christmas, human history was altered forever. Everything changes because of what happens at Christmas. Human history is forever changed. I mean, we literally count the years by it. Before Christ and after death, like we literally count human history by the coming of Christ. This is a huge, epic, insane, big thing that we celebrate. But here's what I want to tell you. Even though this is what alters and changes all of human history, can I tell you that what happens here, friends, could actually change your personal history forever? Just as the coming of Christ altered all of human history, so you being here today, and the God who orchestrated it all, the God who 2,000 years ago prophesied 700 years before in Isaiah, we studied that passage, that the Savior would come, and all of the parts that we read about in the Christmas narrative all perfectly come together and culminate in what we just read in Luke chapter 2. Can I tell you that that same God of all creation has been working and weaving things behind the scene in your life so that you and I would be here together for this very moment where you get to hear this message, Jesus Christ came to save you. And your history can be radically changed today if you get that and believe that. This Christmas would be unbelievable. The greatest gift you could ever receive is the gift of the reality that Christ came to save. So we sing these songs of Christ coming and laying in a manger, and we're gonna, we're gonna have some of those nostalgic moments. I'm not against those. We're gonna sing Silent Night in a little while with the lights lower. It's gonna be special and sweet, and we wanna savor and recognize those moments, but I wanna tell you that this baby that was laid in a manger is the same Savior that was nailed to a cross. The same baby that had to be taught to, to talk and walk 
is the same Savior whose arms will be spread out wide and nailed to the tree for you and for me. So today, in just a few moments, we're going to take some time to reflect on that by observing the Lord's Supper together. Now, if you have a church background, this is pretty normal to you, right? Like you're like, okay, cool, communion, Lord's Supper, I've done this, the bread and the cup. But if you don't have a church background, can I tell you, this is a weird thing we're about to do. Some of y'all hadn't thought about this in a while, but like if, you, if this is your first time in a church and it's like, hey, drink the blood of Christ, eat the body, you're like, you're like whoa, hey bro, granny, you told me to come to Christmas worship. I didn't know it was gonna get this weird. But can I tell you what the Lord's Supper is? By the way, we don't believe that this is actually the blood of Christ or actually the body of Christ. These are symbols that we use to cause us to stop and reflect. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, before he went to the cross, he gathered up his disciples, his closest followers, and he was telling them what was to happen. And he did what we're gonna do later. He passed out bread and said, take and eat, this is my body broken for you. He passed the cup around, he said, hey, drink, this is my blood that will be shed for you. And that's meant to be graphic and awkward and strange for us. Some of y'all are too churched for this to be as weird as it should be. But this ought to cause us to stop and think, what in the world are we doing? And I hope it does today. We're gonna to do it in a different way that, that may even be a little slower than some other ways. Listen, I've, I've been telling the staff all week, I'm an efficiency guy. Like, let's get, it, let's get it done. Like, let's get them in here. Let's get a line going. Bang, 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 bang. Communion, 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 right? Like, uh, so some of you are like, wow, this guy. Uh, that's how I want to do it in my head. That's just kind of how I function, how I roll. But here's the reality. Communion is meant to be clunky and slow. There's no easy way to serve like, you know, 4,000 people. For those of you watching online, it's a full house today. Not 4,000, but yeah, still. There's no easy way to serve this many people quickly, but it's not intended to be quick and easy. It's intended to make us stop and think and consider what it is we're actually doing. Oh, but friends, here's what I want to tell you. Here at Central, we practice what's called open communion. Here's what that means. If you're a believer in Christ, you don't have to be a member of our church to come to the table with us. But here's what I want to tell you. The Word of God is actually pretty clear that the Lord's Supper is for people who have already made a decision to follow Christ. So what I want to tell you is on a day like this, I know that some of y'all may be here and you're like, Man, I've never done that. I don't really know where I'm at when it comes to all this. I've never asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Here's what I want to tell you. Man, when we're doing this in a few minutes, it's not going to be weird at all for you to just hang out where you're at and listen to the music and, and enjoy these moments. But the Lord's Supper is not for you if you've not made a decision for Christ yet. Moms and dads in the room, I know you got kiddos. There's going to be a lot of happening, a lot of moving parts. And there's a temptation sometimes to be like, my kid's going to be upset if they don't listen. Don't let them just rush up here and do this because you think that's what, if your child hasn't made a decision for Christ yet, this is not the time for them to observe the Lord's Supper. But here's what I wanna tell you that's really cool, and I've seen this as a pastor a bunch of different times, that when your kids get to watch what's happening with you, that the Lord actually uses this as a moment where later today you get to share the gospel with your kids. When they say, hey, what was that? You get to explain to them what it is Jesus has done for you. But here's why we wanna do the Lord's Supper on Christmas Sunday. 
Because some of you may think, well, this is a weird day. Why don't we just sing more happy songs and read Luke 2 and, you know, give everyone a high five and a hot chocolate on the way out. The reason we want to stop and do this, friends, is because I need you to be reminded and aware today that this table is set up for you. That the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. His body was broken for you. His blood was poured out for you. So, so you may be here this Christmas, you may be having the time of your life, your family may be enjoying one of the best Christmases you've ever been a part of. Can I just tell you, come to the table. But some of you, man, even getting here today was hard. You didn't even want to come because it's a difficult Christmas. It's hard. It's challenging. You think, man, this is the last place I want to be. Can I tell you, this table is for you. Some of you may be in the middle of that spectrum somewhere, wondering about what this Christmas is going to turn out like. You had big ideals going into it, man. You like watched all the specials twice. Like you've got your sweater and like, we're ready. We're going to do this yet. You're still not feeling it today. Can I tell you, this table is for you. And some of you right now are in this room and you've never given your life to Christ before. Can I tell you something? This table is set for you if you would come to know Christ today. And could it be that the Lord of all creation has been weaving human history for this very moment that you would be sitting in this room hearing that Jesus came to save you? And that today would be the day that you would call out to him and say, man, I'm ready, I'm ready. And if that's you, this table is set for you. And the reason we celebrate Christmas it's because Jesus, the Savior of the world, was born. But he was born to die so that you and I might have life. So life is possible. Life is available to all who would come. I want to ask you this morning, if you would just bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to ask our deacons to begin making their way to the stations where we're going to be receiving the Lord's Supper. But as they do that, I, I want to just give you a chance to take some time to pray. We're not in a hurry this morning, y'all. What I wanna do is, is ask you to take a few moments right here in the quiet of this moment to go to the Lord, to, to pray, to take some time here. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11 that the Lord's Supper is not something we simply rush into, but rather we're to take time and consider our lives. If there's sin in your life that you know you're living in, that you need to repent of, take some time to do business with the Lord right here in the quiet of this moment. If you're in here today and you're like, man, I need to give my life to Christ. I've never done that. Man, I want to encourage you. Right there in your seat, you can do that. And if you want to come talk to me about it, you can, but you don't even have to. You can write where you're at. You can say, Lord, I know that, that I'm a sinner and that my sin has separated me from you, but I believe you died on the cross for me so that I could have life. So I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. If you pray something like that, if your heart is calling out to the Lord in that moment, you can be saved today. If you pray that prayer, man, I hope that after the service today, you'll come let me know about it. But take some time right now in the quiet of this moment to prepare your heart, to think about what Christ has done for you. If you're already a believer in this room, take some time to be thankful for the cross of Christ and the new life that it's given you and prepare for what's to come. And in just a couple of moments, I'll give us some instructions as we begin.
Thank you for listening to Central Baptist Church Buna's weekly sermon podcast. May God bless you as you continue to connect, grow, and serve.